Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. And I'm Jay. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, The Karate Kid, the martial arts classic. It is the first installment in the Karate Kid franchise and stars Ralph Macchio, Pat Morita, Elizabeth Shue and William Zabka. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Yeah. Um... For anyone who's watching Cobra Kai at the moment, uh, this is what started all. Same characters, same actors. Um, This is the backstory of where all the tension for them, for the Cobra Kai series, comes from. Okay, let's... Let's just talk the karate case of the 80s. Oh, Jay, just hearing you say that, like, Okay, are we appealing to a younger audience here? I would like to think that anyone that's watching Cobra Kai has already seen the Crack Kid films. I hold these films, more so this first film, in such high regard. Just hearing you referring to this film as the backbone of Cobra Kai, like where it all started, which is where it all started, but it's this is the main event for me, the Karate Kid. It's where it all started, but with Cobra Kai, I mean, this is sounds like comics. And yeah. there isn't actually a Karate Kid comic, although there is a Cobra Kai comic, and it's like the Karate Kid continues, something like that. They put it on the cover of the comic. So this is valid. We can review the Karate Kid, but as recent as today, I found out something about the Karate Kid that I never knew. And he absolutely cements it as sounds like comics. Karate Kid was the name of a character in DC Comics Legion of Superheroes. DC Comics, which owned the name, gave special permission for the title to be used. There's a thank you to DC Comics for allowing the use of the name at the end credits. Yeah, I did notice for that whilst doing the rewatch that DC Comics sort of mentioned. I just thought, oh, there must have been something in the background where they appeared in. But yeah, I always forget that there is a character called the Karate Kid in the Legion, the uh, the greatest martial artist, uh, hand-to-hand combatant to ever live. Um, which I think it was, I can't remember what it was. There's a, there a comic a few years back um, before the New 52 where the Legion turns back up uh, in the current day DC. I did read that. And it was Bat- called Legion Lost. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Batman comes up against the Karate Kid and he'd already read like Clark's file on him. and like the world's greatest mar- hand-to-hand martial artist. I always like proving Clark wrong and he's fighting him and he's been like hit in the head and his cowl has been actually split over one, where one of the ears is. And he actually, you can see, he's like, oh, Clark may be right on this one. <laughs> ah, that's so um, I, I, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so I, I do remember the character, but I just forget he exists. Or maybe in my mind, when I first found out he exists, I assumed that he came from the population, the popularity of this. And then no. I thought, Will can create a comic book character of that. Um, because as a kid in the 80s, I did start doing karate with the rest of the family. 
Uh, was it was before, thanks to this film. Or, I was going to say, before or after watching this film. I mean, this film in the US made karate popular. Yeah. Of course, it wasn't new, but this film made it popular. Yeah. Robert Mark Kamen was approached by Columbia Pictures to compose a film similar to director John G. Avildsen's previous success, Rocky, in 76, after signing the director. Kamen drew inspiration from his own life when writing the film. As a result, he maintained strong opinions regarding cast and petitioned heavily for Marita's inclusion. The film was Macchio's second major film role following The Outsiders in 83. As a kid, I'm sure you're the same. Pat Morita in this, he is Mr. Miyagi. I didn't yeah. know before this film, he was a comedian. In films, Wait, what? he did stand-up. No, you know this. No. What? Mr. Miyagi... There was a stand-up I mean, comedian. No, no, no. Pat Morita was a stand-up comedian. But I always took it as, I don't know, like, Mr. this is one of those examples of us doing a review of something where, for us, he always existed. There wasn't a time yeah. that this film didn't exist for us. So you just watch it as a kid, and you just accept it as, as face value. I remember... Watching the Leslie Nielsen spoof Spy Hard and Pat Morita as a character in that, he plays a waiter named Brian and he plays him really camp and he just goes up to Nielsen's table and is like, Hi, my name's Brian. And I remember thinking, What? <laughs> this is Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> but yeah, no, no. He had a whole career before. Cry Kid, and it was uh, writer uh, Cayman who really pushed for him to be in this film. And I guess the producer at the time didn't think that audiences would take him serious in the role, but of course they did because he, yeah, I mean, he went on to get nominated for Academy Award. He didn't win. I thought he should. Unfortunately, be nominated. You know, the studio wanted to drop the drunk Miyagi scene, feeling it slowed down pace, but it was um, Avildsen who argued for it, and he felt it was the scene that got Marita nominated in the first place. Pacing-wise, yeah, well, it, makes sense it because... does slow it down, but it's, yeah. such, it is, it's an important beat for this film because... Yeah, he, he has to, you have to know why he's mentoring Daniel this way. It's because yeah, but he, his he family isn't around anymore. That's it's, it. You see past that like, like stoic, silent exterior and you see the pain inside and the complication that he's fighting, uh, that he's like holding on to. Like, but it presents that, you wouldn't get yeah. that he'd have such a soft you wouldn't get the soft spot, like because you saw the mask slip a little bit. That's right. And, and that's then the you thing. Take care of him. Because he presents as all knowing to begin with. Yeah. He's all, you know, one word responses or limited responses and is in his very agreeable. But yeah, that's the moment where 
Yeah, where you, you, yeah, like you said, the mask slips a little bit. So I'm glad that they they kept that bit that bit in. I mean, with Daniel early in the film, like when he's on the beach and he's with um is with Ali Mills, played by Elizabeth Shue, and he's teaching her with a football, keepy uppies, like you know, how how to do it. And it's like that that's like him showing he's teaching somebody's something that he's learned. So early yeah. on in the film, they're showing you that he's already experienced in his life where he's had to learn something and now he's passing that on. So it makes it more believable when he is with Mr. Miyagi in his learning karate that, okay, so he has been in a position before teacher, student, so you just buy it. But but yeah, Pat Morita, comedian. And now yeah. he's uh, he's in this as Mr. Miyagi and what a a great character. And the whole thing where he's trying to catch the flies. Yeah. Later on, Daniel is able to catch it and he's like, oh, you know, beginner's luck. Th- this movie didn't have a massive budget, really. I mean, the budget of this film, wow, let's have a look, was $8 million. It went on to make $130.8 million at the <laughs> box office, but this was yeah. a low-budget film. So when they were looking at putting the effects together, or how are we going to achieve this? How are we going to have it so we can have an actor appear to catch a fly? Do you want to know how they did it? The fly in the scene was attached to a fishing line and was being moved around by a crew member. Movie magic. <laughs> That's how yeah. they did it. But this yeah. movie, you know, when it was released in 84, was huge. I mean, it received mostly positive reviews from critics, many of who praised the action sequences, writing, themes, performance, and music. And wow, we'll we'll get to the music. The film was also a commercial success. As I say, it grossed over 130 million worldwide, making it one of the highest grossing films of 84 and Hollywood's biggest sleeper hit of the year. The film revitalized the acting career of Marita, who was previously known for comedic roles. And like I said, it earned him a nomination for the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor in this $8 million film. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's wild to think. Uh, one thing that's always bugged me, it's bugged me ever since I was a kid, is the. It makes sense, except for the fact that he wins the tournament, but uh, because how much of a novice he is. But the way Ralph Macchio holds his guard in the fight sequences, it's always been quite bent, and he's always been kind of hunched. And as someone who did karate as a kid, I'm like, no, 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 no. You're supposed to be stood up. You should be. It's quite a a, a specific directness. And he's kind of hunched behind his guard. And it always bugged me. I'm like, someone with a good like, uh, sidekick would kick through that arm. No worries. Uh, even now. I remember, I though. It, that, I... Like, that, that, that me from 1989 is still like, ah, you could kick right through that guard. Like, it's. Horrible. Again, he's supposed to be setup, somewhat of a novice. Well, that's it. The setup of this film is that is a wimp that learns karate. It was inspired by a newspaper article of a wimp winning a karate tournament and Cayman's own experiences. But 
it's over a matter of weeks that he goes to his training, weeks, not years, to get ready for the tournament. He's, keep in mind, right, he isn't actually a black belt. So when he is no. wearing the black belt for the final tournament, or, yeah, Miyagi just gave him a black belt. Like, he just got it yeah. like on his way into the tournament. And, yeah. and I guess with the way that he's standing, to begin with, I guess it's just to show that, hey, you know, this is a wimp or a nerdy guy, like he is in a position that ordinarily somebody wouldn't be in, but then later on is injured because of all the foul hits and he's trying to protect himself. And and that's where the, the crane kick comes in, which, you know, some disputed over the years, whether or not that was an illegal, illegal kick. Yeah. yeah kick to the head, even, illegal. even until that though, like, so many illegal moves were put on him. Yeah. Okay. Before we get into the, the rest the of <laughs> yes, before we get into the rest of the cast, oh, actually, the um, the director. Like I've always found that this it feels like a Rocky film for kids. It does. It does because even the pacing, it's actually quite a slow film. I forgot you forget because these days there's like a, a formula to how quickly to get like you got to get your your initial act in to get to the middle act and then about. 20 minutes from the end you move into your final act and you're like like your big show showdown the i actually wrote this down 40 minutes it takes for that iconic scene where they're in the halloween costumes dressed as skeletons yep and five on wing one beat up danny well the opening of the film cross country and you feel like you're with them on that journey, like you're like the, yeah. the opening oh, credits there already. The opening titles, uh, but director John G. Avildsen, best known for directing Rocky in '76, which did earn him the Academy Award for Best Director, and um, and he directed the first three Karate Kid films. Later on, I'll talk sequels and all of that leading up to. Cobra Kai, but Avildsen is like, right, okay, so it's the guy that directed Rocky. Now he's going to do the same for kids, and I guess that's what Columbia were wanting from him. Let's talk about the kids. Like Before we get into the individual characters, despite playing high school students, Ralph Macchio was 22 during filming. Elizabeth Shue... Yep, Elizabeth, and apparently a lot of cast questioned him and didn't believe him when he was saying he was 22 because he, he looks like a high school kid. Yeah. Elizabeth Shue was 20, Rob Garrison and Tony O'Dell were both 23, Chad McQueen was 22 going on 23, Ron Thomas were was 22, so that's a lot of um, uh, Jonah Lawrence's gang. Yeah. William Zabka was the only real teenager of the main cast. He was 18. He was actually a teenager, and he looks older than most of them. Definitely looks older than like LaRusso. Um, Four Ma- years Marcio. younger. I can't believe Macho. Four years older than him. He looks like he's 16. Like, yeah, like, what? That's a... Uh, yeah, I mean, as I mind. say, you know, during film, the rest of it doesn't uh, like blow my mind at all, except for that Johnny's younger. Um, <laughs> That's the main which, one, though, which, isn't it? Yeah, which That's why I saved that. I saved that so to much last. Better <laughs> for Cobra Kai, like 
You're like, wow, he's taking really good care of himself. Yeah, he looks good. Macho, I mean, to be fair, though, four both, years older, but they both do look good in that. But again, Macho was 22 during filming. Some of the cast did not believe him when they asked about his age, but that's um, that's all he is. Mr. Miyagi, Pat Morita had no actual experience in karate, none whatsoever. And um, lots of quick edits. And um, and yeah. saying that, quick edits. The Halloween fight between Miyagi and Johnny and four of his gang members. How many, How long do you reckon that fight lasts? And before you answer, let me just add this. It's one of the fastest fight sequences in a feature film. Yeah, I'm going to go... Eight, nine seconds? Okay, you've ruined the game. Nine seconds. <laughs> that's, that's, oh! how quick, that's how quick it is. But do you know what, he's though? out two with one yeah. his initial move, and then it's just like block strike, uh, shoulder throw strike, and then Johnny is also a block shoulder throw strike. But it's so... so... One, like one combo on each of them. Yeah, it's so memorable. It's so memorable. It's one of those scenes where it's like you wait for it to happen. Like each time you watch the film, okay, this is going to be cool. Miyagi is going to sneak yeah. over the fence. Yeah. Gonna... But nine seconds and it's, um, and it's all over. Uh, Zabka as Johnny Lawrence. No karate experience prior to being cast in the film. However, he was an accomplished wrestler. So I guess that's what he was bringing to the part. But I remember yeah. that. I was listening to an interview with him and he was talking about how he was preparing like for the role and he was in his car. He was getting ready, like psyching himself up for the audition. He was playing 80s rock music. As the actor is talking about his preparation for the audition, it's as if we, it's, it's as if he is Johnny Lawrence. Like, yeah, he's in his yeah. car, he's listening to the music. And a last-minute audition, he was about to get out of his car and the and he reached back and he grabbed a headband and he tied it around his head and that's how he did the audition. Yeah. And obviously he, he got the part. But at the time though, they had Machio and he was auditioning and they were thinking, well, the height is ridiculous. Like he's so much bigger than than the title character. You know, the cratty kid is so much smaller than, than the bully. He's the bully. But the thing is, but though, would it be believable though when you've got them in a fight? And it was Lawrence who pointed to Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee. Ah, uh, yeah. Says, yeah. "Hey, you, the height, Bruce Lee, and and that worked. And fortunately, it did work because he's great in this film. Yeah, Cobra Kai. That first, I mean, the whole thing. I mean, Cobra Kai first two seasons, YouTube Red." That went away after a while, and then Netflix picked it up. That I I love that show. I do. The first episode though is fantastic. Great yeah. first episode. Johnny down on his luck, and Zabka. I'd not seen him in years. He was in the first Hot Tub Time Machine. He was in that, and I remember watching that when it first came out, thinking, "Oh look, it's Johnny from Karate Kid." But yeah, I don't I remember, remember the whole gag. From How I Met Your Mother, where it's for Barney's Bucks Night, and Robin hires a clown, and the wrong guy from the Karate Kid hires Ralph Macho, and the whole time he's like, "I he was the villain." 
Johnny was the hero. Johnny That's was right. The one who this guy comes and steals his girl, and then he's a dick to him, and then he wins a, with an illegal kick. That I feel like that was like the genesis for everything that we've had since. But yeah, then, I think yeah, so too. Zapka takes off the clown makeup, and he's been there the whole time. And you just like, and I'm like, holy crap! They actually they found the guy from Karate Kid. This yeah. is amazing. Yeah, and now now it's like, of course they found him. He's he's great. It's <laughs> really amazing work. Cobra Kai was seeing was in the range that he has. Like he is he is great. And and whenever him and Daniel reluctantly team up in that show, it is yeah, it is fantastic. Oh, it is it yeah. is such such a good show. But um yeah, the Karate Kid, I mean, you need a good villain. Martin Cove as John Crease is yeah. fantastic. Just the way that he's got his his gi on the way that he just sort of like just holds his arms up, like almost not, not quite under his arms, but he kind of like holds the top like around his neck. And he's yeah. just got that pose and just that presence. And oh, wow. Brian Cove is so good in this. And obviously, we'll stick to this, but when he turns up at the end of season one of Cobra Kai, amazing. Like, you know, had yeah. you, you know, ah, oh, dying to see season two, but he has such a strong presence in this. He does, and you believe like the way he carries himself, the way he instructs his students. You believe the kind of a bully he is, and like, no, 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 you like this little wimp. You, you, you wail on him like it's only it's like the like right, right might make right. He's very much of that mindset, um, which is why he's turned these students into like. Uh, cocky assholes who beat up kids for no reason. Um, all of them rich kids, which is another dynamic I like. Daniel is from New Jersey and they've moved into this crappy apartment in LA and they're they're not well to do. Where all these kids have like um you know dirt bikes and they're buying like Corvettes brand new and they're going to country clubs. Like that's Johnny's world. That's Ali's world. Daniel is an outsider in like, yeah. in this area. Um, it all sets up perfectly and it all makes sense. And it everyone's cast put perfectly for it. Yeah. And it starts it. Yeah, someone a bully like Crease going to these rich kids and teaching them how to fight because they already have that uh, a somewhat of that mentality and he can like mold it correctly. Um yeah, it's it's a testament and it doesn't I noticed this time writing my notes how slow it was. I don't think I'd ever on any previous viewing ever realized how slow the pacing this film was. I guess because I was waiting for certain scenes and like, oh, here it is. But this time I'm like, wow, they really let the scenes yeah. breathe and let and, yeah, and you know, happen. and those and those case those key scenes, and there is many, they really do deliver, but yeah. And it, it's I mean, again, like eight million. I didn't realize. <laughs> This was a low budget film. I was like, wow, it's the Cratty Kid. Everyone knows the Cratty Kid. So obviously they had to stage it a certain way and and, and the pacing. But it, even if you look at other movies released around about that time, like pacing then is different to pacing now. So you've got to, you've yeah, got to appreciate that when you're watching something from 84. And that's not all films. I mean, so many great films came. I mean, 84, what an incredible year. Ghostbusters, Beverly Hills Cop. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And I would add Karate Kid 
to that, but just talking about how Daniel being a poor kid and that, that started him on his journey for developing a relationship with Mr. Miyagi because, I mean, the, the level of bullying, and it's interesting because at no point in this movie does somebody say bully, bullies, bullying. It is never said, but it's clearly what's happening. And it's harsh. Like, if they made this yeah. movie today, the level of bullying that Daniel goes through wouldn't be as harsh. And one of the things that happens is his bike gets trashed. Mr. Yeah. Miyagi, he fixes it. It absolutely yeah. could have been. It could have been killed. <laughs> but Mr. Miyagi fixes it for him. He's like, oh, thank you, you know, my bike. And it's one of the few times that his mom interacts with Mr. Miyagi. She thanks him also. And their relationship develops from there, and you get the whole wax on, wax off. I showed this to my kids a few weeks ago. I knew we were going to be doing this review, and I've not watched it since before the third season of Cobra Kai. So I thought I'll watch it again and I'll show I'll show my kids. And then, you know, wax on, wax off, you know, all of this. And then, you know, my five-year-old I turned to her and I'm oh no, it was her, my ten-year-old. And I was like, what? So um so everything that he's been doing, what do you think it's been for? And she just sighed and went, learning how to fight. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But <laughs> I guess for us at the time, though, you know, we were like wowed by it. Like back in the yeah, day, yeah, yeah. Like, but now it's become just, a trope. Yeah, exactly. We, when we saw it all come together in the eighties, it was incredible. You know, paint the fence, wax <laughs> off. It was all very cool, and the fight scenes work. I mean, again, relying on quick edits, uh, close ups, but it looks good. It does. It does still hold up. Like when you got the main tournament, um, in the background there was real tournaments happening, and they got to film yeah. that just to make it look like a real scene. There's people yeah. going about their their business, so it did pull together really well. But um, yeah, I, I guess just modern audiences, <laughs> it's a little bit like, oh yeah, I can see what they're doing. We've seen it before. Whereas for us yeah, back same. then. This was the first he time. Yeah, exactly. And the crane kick, like the crane kick, it just, I mean, that crane technique, it, it's just it's classic, isn't it? Like you just see it and it's great. Like early yeah. on you see, yeah, like Daniel yeah, sees Miyagi fulfill. and that's it. It's Miyagi doing it first and then Daniel and he ends up using it as um, obviously like to protect himself, but then offense but it's so so good but although fictional it is actually based on a real stance called the crane stance that is used in several traditional karate kata so there you go so it is actually a real thing that has been used but obviously used for dramatic effect here for me when i think karate kid i think the music and we've mentioned rocky already bill conti he was the composer for Rocky in 76. He he did the score for this film. It turns out he was a frequent collaborator with uh, Avalton. Love and makes sense. Yeah, but love his score here. Really, really do. But it's the yeah. songs as well, isn't it? That so many great songs from the crowd yeah. did. Originally written for Rocky 3 in 82, John Esposito's You're the Best 
was rejected by Stallone in favour of Survivor's Eye of the Tiger, which is a great song and worked for Rocky Three. But originally, that's what this song was for, but they used it for Karate Kid two years later instead, yeah. and it is Man. a great yeah. song. Yeah, yeah, don't, yeah. Like, no, 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 i got something in the in the bank for this. Um, and yeah, it, I've, I've heard it like my whole life. Me too. Um, but I, when it came on in this, I'm just thinking, like, oh, yeah, typical 80s song. Wasn't really thinking, oh, this was this would be where it was like first used. Never crossed my mind. Yeah, but, yeah like, it makes this sense is it. That it was because it feels like it was it designed for this, but it was just wasn't it was designed for like an end sequence, just not yeah, well, karate end sequence. It was designed for Rocky Three. <laughs> But they, yeah, they they repurposed it, but I think it's a much better better fit here. I mean, the end of the film originally was going to be Johnny being celebrated and being carried off, held above people's shoulders. That's how it was going to end. And then a last minute change was to be a freeze frame on Mister Miyagi, which was the best choice. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and. Because I, I I I expected to see, which was the start of Karate Kid Two, where Kreese, um beats up Johnny and like and Miyagi defends him, and he hits and the like, keeps punching the car windows. Yeah, yeah, and, and like wrecks his hands. And yeah, so when it, it just ended on the tournament, I'm like, wait, what? Is that? Is that? Well, that's also an Abelson touch like the, the rocky movies the next one picks up immediately where the previous one left off and i guess he did the same thing for the first two karate kids of like this is where we were and this is where we're going to move the characters on from um yeah, yeah it is it is a direct sequel i had this thing like when i was a kid that for some reason i used to think this that the second film like the sequel was better than the first one now watching them all together like one for me is far superior although i love two one is excellent. Indiana Jones, I used to think Temple of Doom was better. Maybe it's because of Short Round and the other kids. Yeah. But now I'm like, no, no, no. It's absolutely Raiders. <laughs> Raiders yeah. is a better yeah. one. Back to the or, Future. Or even Last Crusade. I used, to think, yeah. I used to think, you know, Back to the Future Part 2, far superior. Now I want to yeah, watch it. has got the nah, flying car. Awesome. Come on. And the hoverboard. Yeah. It's got, yeah. But then again, the, the first sticker. one. Roads where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> And and all yeah. all of that, but Karate Kid though sequels adaptions, the success of the Karate Kid spawned three more films, including two direct sequels, starting with the Karate Kid Part Two in eighty six, Part Three in eighty nine. We got another sequel, the next Karate Kid in ninety four. This It'll was the swank. first, yeah, the first in the series to not include Machio, although Marita rejoined as Miyagi. A remake of the original film, also titled The Karate Kid, was released in 2010. It starred Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith. New characters, so not Miyagi, not Daniel, brand new characters. This yeah, is the one... And he learned Kung Fu, not Karate. Oh, mate, he's the Kung Fu kid. I, I can't get into that. We ain't got time. Yeah. That's a whole yeah. other thing. This is one that maybe you're not too familiar with, right? Aside from the film series, an animated series based on the film, also called The Karate Kid, aired on NBC in 1989. 
consisting of 13 episodes. The series abandoned the Karate Tournament motif and followed and followed Daniel and Miyagi in an adventure quest setting. I recall that, yeah. I watched a few episodes as a kid. And it's on YouTube. You can watch it. I've, I've, <laughs> I've checked it out. And there's another supporting character as well, a young girl. It's um, it's interesting. It, it's a different thing. They've like it's quite a kid, but not really. They're just going to go on an adventure now in a camper van or whatever they're doing. I've seen yeah, yeah, a bit of it. It's been many years, but it was the eighties. It's when we got animated series for Rambo, RoboCop. Like you know, all these R-rated movies would get like animated series, but this was another one we yeah, got. Yeah, the Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, which I believe had live-action introductions from Christopher Lloyd as Doc Brown. But Karate yeah. Kid, so we've had four films in the same continuity. TV series, Cobra Kai, which is going to have a final season this year on Netflix. The Jaden Smith reboot movie animated series there's been quite a lot of karate kid over the years and apparently they're working on the new karate kid film that isn't necessarily connected to cobra kai which terrible idea yeah i don't know what that is gonna be if they were gonna say do you know what we're gonna do a karate kid prequel focused on a young miyagi you have my attention i (laughs) i would watch that but the Karate Kid, the original martial arts classic from 1984. If you're going to rate this film out of five, I'm probably going to come in around a four out of five. Um, I have a lot of nostalgia for it. Um, the music's great. Everything's well put together. The soundtrack and all the pop music they, they selected all works for me. The, the, the traditional version of bullying um, that was in all the TV shows and films from before when I was a kid that I've um I associate bullying with. It's all there. And the characters are well thought out and well structured. Um the pacing doesn't affect me. I could imagine it affecting other people, especially my nephews. Uh it they might find it too slow. I'm not sure. But yeah, for me, uh an easy four out of five. How about yourself? We've agreed over the last couple of reviews that we've done. I, I'm not going to be silly with this. Now, I love this film. I've got such a strong love for The Karate Kid, but I'm not going to go crazy. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to come in at a 4.5 out of 5. It's not a 5, and I can't give it a 5 because we've talked about pacing. You mentioned it again the Product of the times, budget, story structure, you know, whatever the reasons were. Yeah, it does have a slow start, but I do take comfort in knowing where it's going. So I know this film very well, but yeah, pacing is a little bit of an issue, probably just for the first, less than the first half. And then once it starts, it really starts. Yeah. But it's, there's so much to, to enjoy here and it's like when when Cobra Kai first came out it's like I saw it as like a novelty thing like you know I, I love the Karate Kid films and 
you know, granted they lose away a little bit, but there's always something to like with them, including, you know, the fourth one with Hilary Swank, the next Karate Kid. But I'm like, yeah, okay, it'll be fun to see this world continue. The actors are coming back. But I almost anticipated it being like a funny or die sketch, like something yeah. that would be entertaining, but no, like they've actually made a fantastic show and introduced like new and and you know brought back old characters it's a great show that has a lot of heart and action and everything else so and you know the makers of that show what they've said of the Karate Kid franchise to them it's their Star Wars they they love Karate Kid as a as a franchise and it means so much to them, and they're going to show it the respect. And they've obviously done that over how many seasons of Cobra Kai. But the Cracker Kid, absolutely love it. Showed it to my kids. They found things to like about it as well. I'm not going to be in a hurry, if I'm honest, to show them part two. I think the first one is enough, and it stands up on its own merits. But yeah, yeah 4.5 out of 5. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah. And uh, having watched just the first one, you can work your way into Cobra Kai without any issues. Well, that's um, it. I mean, they do go. It, they do uh, anything that you need to know. You get plenty of flashbacks and that. To, to but Johnny doesn't turn up again until yeah Cobra Kai. I mean, yeah. only with Terry Silver. It would hurt. It would help. Sorry to watch part three. Anyway, well, that's it for our episode all about the Cracker Kid. If you'd like to contact us about this episode or suggest a topic for an upcoming episode, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. You've been listening to Luke and Jay, the guys from Sounds Like Comics. See you soon.